as I mentioned, you know, not only is the new board members, not only, not only is the new uh, operations coordinator, but of course, as I mentioned earlier, we have a new teaching pastor, and so we're very excited about that. Um, after, and I, I, I want to let, let you know that after a lot of prayer and after a lengthy and thorough hiring process um, involving well over 200 applicants, tons of conversations, and maybe even a little bit of crying on my part. <laughs> Serious. You could ask Isaac. He saw. Actually, I think he heard. Does that make it worse if he heard it? But anyway, here's the thing. Ryan Smith won the lottery by, by being able to call himself one of your pastors. Because you guys are amazing. Um, I'm not going to cry right now. But it, it's weird. You know, as I was thinking last night about how much this is about honoring Ryan, it, in many ways, it's his honor to be able to serve here in this capacity and to call himself one of your pastors. We love you guys so much. And um, I know that in time, Ryan is going to love you. I mean, I'm sure he does theoretically now and has been praying for you. But he's going to love you from knowledge in the way that I've been able to in the way that Pastor Isaac has been able to. In short time, he'll be able to, to do that. And so we're, we're excited about that. And um, I'd like to formally introduce Ryan and Emma to you guys. So you guys, come on up. <laughs> Grab these stools over here. Grab those mics right there. I'm going to move this out of the way. So this is Ryan Smith and well, Ryan and Aaron Smith. She doesn't have a different last name. Um, no, it would be okay, dude. It's, it's, it's all fine. It's fine. Don't get all crazy on us. So this is Ryan and Emma Smith. And um, Emma's back oh, there. Sorry. Did I say Aaron earlier, though? Yeah, you said Emma earlier, too. At least too. it's a family member. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still getting to know you guys. So okay. You it's totally okay. I can go get Emma. No, no. This interview would go downhill very quickly. Yes. That's how we do it here. <laughs> This is not CNN. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I mean, we could, I mean, we've already gotten that out of the way that you have a child named Emma. Yes. <laughs> How old's Emma? Two and a half. Yeah. Uh, she'll be three in December. Is she excited about living in Los Angeles? Yes, so excited. She didn't want to say goodbye to any of her friends. She was in the car going, let's go to LA. <laughs> so I'd say she's pretty stoked. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So why don't you guys, we're, 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 um, we're, we're just excited to be able to, to have you guys up here. I told our church several months ago, as we were talking about you guys theoretically, because we didn't know who would be or anything like that at that point in time, and I, I remember mentioning, hey, on our birthday Sunday, I'm going to be sharing the stage with someone who I don't yet know. And I said to everyone, I said, isn't that weird and surreal? And everyone kind of gave me this blank look. I'm like, well, maybe it's just me that thinks that that's surreal and weird. But we're so excited that you guys are finally here. Why don't you tell us where you, I mean, you've been in ministry for a while now, but why don't you tell us where you've been spending you know, the, last, the last five years? Yeah, so uh, the past five years before uh, joining Collective, uh, we were in Reno, Nevada, um, on staff at a church called Living Stones, uh, where uh, we had been serving. I had started as like an executive assistant, uh, for one of our pastors and like the social media guy. 
um, and then over the course of five years was on the preaching team uh, and one of the pastors at the church. And so it was this weird like youth ministry stuff over periods of time. And so uh, just developed uh, and grew within that uh, church. And then as we came into this past year, began praying uh, what God was kind of calling us to plant our roots into uh, kind of for the long haul. Um, and that's where, um, and through weird circumstances, uh, we got connected with Collective. And tell them about the, the U stuff. The, the, oh, Elsa, the U. Yeah, that was uh, one of my favorite parts um, over the past few years that I completely forgot about. Um, I got along, you, bro. That's, okay, that's why we are here. Um, he needs prompts. Is we, um, uh, alongside being on the preaching team at Living Stones, we also kicked off um, and kind of developed this thing called LS Living Stones uh, at the U, where once a month um, we would steal a classroom uh, on the university campus, UNR, and give um, kind of just like Bible nerd um, talks. Um, and kind of sermons that were both for Christians and those who were exploring the faith um, around kind of the big issues that people had questions about. Everything um, from uh, politics and how does the Christian faith engage with that because there's a lot of uh, differing opinions. Um, and then uh, all the way to like how do I find God's will for my life or destiny or you know whatever that might be. Um, and it was so cool to watch over the course of a year that developed not only um, Christians in their own walk, but watching people get baptized and come to faith was just like this really cool uh, thing that, uh, yeah, was w just awesome to watch happen. Yeah. I would just add to that, too. We, we started as like a college ministry, mostly focused on students at the University of Nevada. But slowly after a year, we saw like uh, tons of 30 and 40 year olds and 50 year olds like coming and so it wasn't just students it was like people that were like from all over Reno coming to like engage and yeah answer these like hard questions that Christians have yeah. so. cool uh, and I love that our people are going to get a chance to get to know you guys and, and all that and you guys are going to be at the party tonight yeah. yes yeah. for the tacos for the taco. mainly the tacos <laughs> of course yeah. um, but I don't know if you know this I mean is your I mean, have you gotten a lot more social media followers in the last several weeks? A little bit. It's been kind of funny. Uh, there's been a handful of you guys that have, like, randomly followed me, and then I'll follow back. Because um, oh, you, ha you have back, to. back, everybody. I follow, I have to. Um, that would be so weird to follow, like, somebody who's like, I don't want to follow. I don't want do to see your content. I don't, uh, uh, I don't care about your stories. Um, and so, and it's been fun because we've had, like, even a handful of you guys that have been messaging back and forth with us. Um, some of you even, like, just messaging that you were praying for us when I was posting, like, my last sermon last week at Living Stones. And so awesome. it was, like, really cool to be welcomed into this community, yeah. uh, even if it's over um, social media, which is slowly ripping our society apart. But <laughs> that's absolutely true. We all laugh, but we know it's true. Sounds like there's a sermon behind that. <laughs> oh, multiple sermons, and you're going to wow. hear that. All right. <laughs> Don't make me regret it. No. <laughs> But she, like Snapchat and the Sermon on the Mount. Like this whole, <laughs> hey, we got Snapchat mind. people here. It can, I know it, we do. It, it can happen. Um, but you know what's been really strange on my end? Because obviously I'm not monitoring your account, looking at your number of followers or whatever. But the questions I get from people, like they're completely launching their own investigations about you guys and wanting to know everything about you. I changed my profile pic because of it. Wow. Really? All right. Jesus. <laughs> You should change it to like the Joker or something. Completely, yeah, exactly. completely freak him out. Yeah. She's one of those people. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's a compliment that people are like looking into your lives, you know, because oh, yeah. they're so excited, or if it's like a creepy thing, like where you stalk your ex-girlfriend on Instagram or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But Hopefully the former. You got a mic right there. If you Hopefully the former. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, all the goof, goofiness and all that kind of stuff aside, and, um, how, tell us how, I mean, I know the story obviously, but why don't you share about how Collective Church even got on the radar for you guys? Totally. Um, you want to? I can. I'm blanking where we start. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, so we had, um, at the beginning of this year, after five years um, on staff at, at Living Stones, we began to kind of start processing through with the, the elders, the pastors there at Living Stones, um, what God was kind of calling us into, um, planting roots in Reno or, or doing something else on the West Coast. And so we kind of began to just start praying through that. And over the course of kind of the spring, we began to shift into going, okay, there's a sense that it's not Reno long term. Like That's just like what we're working through. And so then we kind of moved into, okay, is it like, let's widen then, if not Reno, where is God calling us to? And so is it West Coast? Or um, both of our families are back east. And so are we supposed to maybe go back east to where our families are? And so that's where I think you could kind of talk through um, our processing through the west coast versus possibly going home. Yeah. So once we had our daughter, I feel like things kind of got more real that we didn't live close to our families. Um, but we had just loved the West Coast so much that it was like always this kind of thing in my head of like, should we move closer to be closer to our families? Because we don't see them very often and all of this. And so it was something I was really wrestling with, um, specifically in Reno, trying to um, figure out because we were talking about the next steps. And so, you know, we we're looking at all of these different cities over on the East Coast and just nothing was like, really sticking out to us, and, and Ryan and I had just been really praying, and um, so that was probably for a month or two, and then we um, went to San Diego with Ryan's family and vacationed there, and um, that whole week, I would just go out for about an hour every morning, and like, that if God was calling us somewhere, where that would be, and um, because we just had this like deep burden for the West Coast, but like, I was selfishly like wanting to like pursue comfort, and being closer to family would just feel more comfortable for me. And so um, through that week, I just, at the end of it, really felt like we just have a big burden. The East Coast is so different, and, like, people are coming from a paradigm of, like, at least knowing um, Jesus on, like, a foundational level because it's just so religious. And um, we our experience on the West Coast has been, like, most people are coming out of, like, you know, complete rejection of Jesus and what they've heard about Jesus or absolutely like just no context of Jesus at all and so we in Reno we loved like um being on mission and, and like preaching to people who never you know are, are in one of those two categories and so just over that week I just felt like God was like really burning my heart for the west coast and so and Ryan had already been west coast best coast and so <laughs> I was more, and it wasn't a pressure thing. He, like, totally let me, like, to, you know, make this decision on my own. But um, so we got together. We went out to coffee one morning, and, um, like, I just kind of poured out, like, what God had been doing in my heart. And really, I might tear up, like, talking about it, but, like, God had really made my heart um, just for, the, like, uh, the West Coast just being, like, where are we going to call home for a long time? And so after that conversation, I'll let you kind of take over the story. But, yeah, we had that conversation and it was just like we felt like we were on the same page, and we felt good about that. Yeah, because the last thing I wanted to do was, like, just because I wanted to be on the West Coast, like, have my wife, and like, just bring, like, this whole mess into our family where you didn't feel like you were thriving. And so I really wanted a, a sense for both of us to feel like we were called somewhere. And so 
Um, we had, uh, yeah, coffee. Uh, at, uh, Bird, I don't know why you guys care. Bird Rock Roasters in San Diego's is really good. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, and so, yeah, we came over um, coffee, and Aaron was like, all right, I'm on it for West Coast. I think this is where God's calling us. And I was like, awesome. Okay, now where? <laughs> yeah. Like, not Reno. Um, so what? And so we just started, like, we were like, okay, I guess we're just going to start praying um, what we're going to do. Um, and where we're going to go. And so we um, took some little, you know, bird scooters um, up and just sat at the ocean and just started praying. Like, God, we don't know where, yeah. what, what you want us to do, but we're open. Um, to, to, it seems like you're calling us to the West Coast. And so we went, came home, uh, back to, like, vacation mode um, and hanging out. And then the next day, I was sitting out by the pool reading, um, and I had my phone sitting right there. And uh, a friend of mine from seminary, um, a guy named Brad Whitty, who worked uh, on staff at Reality uh, LA with Lorenzo, texted me. and was like, hey, man, I know you guys are praying about what God's calling you into and what might be next. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what you think about LA, but I think this might be you. And he sends me the, uh, like the job page uh, on the website. And so I start looking over this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this is crazy. And so we start looking over it, um, watching the video that Lorenzo shot, like, a, like it was like a boy band, like video on the rooftop, but he wasn't singing. It was much more uh, serious than that. But um, I'm totally boy band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If anything. Uh, if I'm anything. Yeah. That's it's boy band. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, we, we look over the page and it's, you know, the size of a church that we've been really desiring to be a part of and in a context that yeah. we've been praying for and reading over um, the vision of collective, it's just like, oh my gosh, this is everything that is like a lot of what Living Stones has been. Like, this just feels like family. It feels like finding a long lost sibling. And then I watch this video and I'm sitting out with my feet in the water holding my phone uh, as uh, Lorenzo's talking through like this, what they're looking for in a teaching pastor. And he starts talking um, about this weird phrase where he talks about, we're looking for a kid in the field, so to speak. Um, you, you know, harking back to, to uh, King David uh, being chosen and uh, that it wasn't necessarily the first guy in line, but the last guy uh, that gets called in from uh, the stinky sheep. And this phrase, though, kid in the fields, was just like this weird punch in the gut um, that sometimes you get. Um, I'll look at me. I don't hear like audible voice of God and he's just like, you know, collective. You're like, okay, I'll look at you and Google that. Um, but just watching this video was this weird, like, poof, okay, wait, that was weird, like, and so we just kind of kept leaning in, and so I showed Aaron, we started talking through it, uh, we were in town, and so we were able to uh, drive back um, to Reno, we came over, um, and we were able to explore, like, Culver City in the west side, like, a little bit for an afternoon, and start praying, okay, is this it, and the crazy thing is, that was the Sunday that you guys were celebrating Casey's last Sunday. Um, so while you guys were having a party at Spaces, we're down the street at, I think it was at Platform, uh, where we're getting like, you know, Boba Guy's tea and walking around and we're praying. And we're like, this is crazy. So it was just so bizarre. Um, and so we drive home. Yeah, we found out about that last night. We were talking through that. Um, it was crazy. Uh, and so, yeah, so we drive home and we begin having a strong sense that this might be what God's calling us to. We bring in um, our talking to our parents um, and then bringing in the elders of Livingstone's Reno. Um, before applying, I'm like, what do you guys think? Watch the video. And so they're like, we think this might be it. So then we go into the application process, which was, you know, crazy. Um, I don't know. It was long and insane and awesome at the same time and uh, confirming through the process. Um, I wasn't, slowly led to this. You know, yeah. we, we knew going into this, this was going to be a thorough, yeah. I'll say vetting, yeah. Yeah. you know, because we didn't want to, you know, in part when you, when you appoint another pastor, 
you're, you're vouching for them and you're endorsing them and, and um, you're asking, I'm asking our church community to, to submit to your leadership and th those sort of things and support you guys and all of that kind of stuff. And we don't believe that the church is something to mess around with and experiment on and flippantly make decisions about. And so this was a major decision. And um, uh, it's really, you know, it's because, of, it's because of you guys that we wanted to make that decision and be very, very careful about that. And um, that's why it was just so cool that, you know, now here we are. So tell us about, was there any parts of this process that were really, I mean, you talked about processing the whole family thing and all that kind of stuff and making that sacrifice of choosing to remain away from your family and not move back. And that's something that a lot of people here can relate right. to. Nobody's family lives here. I was about to say, I think I think Duran's family lives here and that's yeah. it. <laughs> I thought that was also super comforting when we when we were considering LA because yeah, all of you are transplants. And so everyone I've met is not from here. And so I feel like in Reno we I really struggled because everyone was native, you know, to Reno and so that all of their family was there. So like it was just a different like paradox or just a different like view on how we view things but everyone here is you know mostly transplants so you're gonna get it and we're gonna it's gonna deepen our relationship I think to like when you're able to like understand that yeah um, were there any other aspects of like stretching your faith or difficult times or wrestling through the decision or what was that like in determining like you know that this is I mean I, you know there's the gut punch you said about the video or whatever but beyond that what was that like that whole process of like hearing from the Lord and understanding I think this is the path that we're going to go down yeah I think a lot of it was that so I, I was having to like eat my words or, or just I don't know what that, what that expression even means but the uh <laughs> So much of this process was like going back to like I had just given an Ellis at the U talk like earlier this year about like finding God's will. And so there were so many points in the process where I was like going back to my notes and I'm like, what did I say? Like trying to figure out what do I do now? Like because um, there wasn't any like we're laying out like, you know, a weird like fleece or something like, God, if the fleece is wet, then we're going to go. If not, then like we weren't doing anything weird like that. It was like this really weird kind of process of just like our desires being confirmed by collective and confirmed by Living Stones, the pastors of that church and the people of that church in confirming it. And, um, and, and just thinking through like, is this sinful, stupid or selfish? Okay, no. Then like, let's just keep taking steps until, and just see what God does. And so part of it was like me having to like lean into how I think God works, which is mostly through like us just following him and being obedient with, with each of those steps. There's no crazy yeah. formula of yeah. like, you know, um, a magic eight ball or whatever that you can pick up. Um, it just, you know, and so I think that was testing. And I think there, there's a lot of difficulty in um, as much as we are so excited about this role and totally see God's fingerprints all over it. Like Living Stones, like, you know, was, was our, our, our family um, for the past five years. And so in leaving that pastoral team that I've been working with and that staff and those people, um, there's, there's a sense of like fear that I'm still having even of like, it, you know, is, is Lorenzo going to be my new best friend and we're going to like hang out on the couch and eat ice cream and watch Netflix? Are we? What's Netflix? <laughs> um, it's kind of like a VCR. Uh, but I'm just uh, uh, that wasn't it. Okay, maybe it was. Um, no, so, I mean, to some extent, like, there is that that, that, that fear that we're walking in is like trusting that like, I don't want to just be like, you know, the Bible nerd that gets up here and I just like talk to you guys every single week. Like we want to be in relationship with you. We want to be pastors to you and friends 
uh, and family. And that's a, that's a weird um, thing to carry on into a new um, community. Um, and already, I think what's been is that God's just been, I think, dissuading those fears as we've been able to connect with so many of you. And so we look forward to that. But there is that, that fear and kind of step of faith. It's yeah. not like is the, God's with me is like, are, is this community going to welcome? Is gonna, are we going to be able to be like fit in and be a part of this? And, yeah. and so that's part of it. Do you have any fears other than spiders? Um, I think, yeah, I, I think initially, like, this whole process, like, totally deepened my dependence on God. I feel like every time we've asked him um, for something in regards to this process, like, he just kept answering. Um, and it was it was that slow, like, every day was just, like, I, I couldn't see my future, and that was so scary to me. It's like I couldn't see what, what um, was going to be in the, you know, in the fall, where we were going to live, where we were going to be. And I just feel like God was like every day, just like, come on, this, I got you, I got you. And so that for me was, I, I usually have the, at least the next six months planned out all the time. (laughs) And so for me not to, that was, that was so deep for my faith to just like uh, take, it took me, you know, steps further in my faith to just like keep walking and keep depending on him. And uh, yeah, he's been so faithful. I mean, down from just like the job and um, I, we got a house. I was scared we were going to be homeless. Like, and we sold our house in two days um, in Reno. And so just like all of these little yep. things just kept happening. And it's like, God's got us. God's got us. God's got us. And, yep. I, and I just needed that. My soul needed that yep. to just be reminded of that. I remember telling you guys to be praying because their house was going on the market. And there was one Sunday I said, hey, be praying that they sell their house. And um, they got an offer, uh, I think, at two hours after I told you guys. Yeah. And they accepted it that night. Yeah. So, um, but like the whole magic eight ball thing and and make decision making and wanting God's yeah. will and all that. I mean, that uh, that was obviously something that we were experiencing too on this end. You know, we talked about it several times that this isn't a process by which we determine who we want to be the new teaching pastor and someone we pick. But like you guys had a decision to make as well. Right. And yeah, I mean, wouldn't that have been great if we just could just do the magic eight ball thing? Right. But there was one day in particular where. The decision. There was so much pressure, uh, quite honestly, and I and I felt the weight of the decision. And I should. It's a big decision. Um, and Pastor and I, Pastor Isaac and I, were talking about it. And uh, one afternoon, and we're like, let's pray. So we started praying, and um, it was a pretty intense prayer time, which was amazing. That may or may not have been the point at which I started bawling like a baby. Um, it was. <laughs> But then when we said, but then when we said amen, I said to Isaac, I think Ryan's the guy. And Isaac said, I think so too. And it wasn't because you had jumped through our hoops. It wasn't because we had listened to your sermons and were like, oh, like he's the best preacher or whatever. Um, although you're okay. <laughs> it, it, wasn't all that, it wasn't that stuff. It was, it was really, we wanted to do our due diligence with yeah. you guys, obviously. But in the, at the end of the day, it was a, a something that was more spiritually discerned. And you can't even explain that sometimes, you know? Um, but it was one of those things. But it's what you need to have confidence that God is in charge and, and we can trust him right. with how he's leading our lives, right. you know? And we can, we can trust that collectively. You guys can trust that personally with the decision you've made. And we're glad that you guys are now um, 
here with this and, and, and going to be a part of this. So as you're looking forward, what are you what are you guys excited about? What are you most jazzed about as as you come into this? Yeah, um, I'm so excited not only for the the community and the pastor like getting in and, and like doing life uh, with you guys, but really figuring out how we navigate following Jesus um, on the west side. Um, I think so often, like, we can even, and this is not just like a, a west side of L.A. thing. This is a arena. This is a west. This is a, a Christian thing. Is it so easy for us to relegate, like, following Jesus to, like, this, like, one little part of our lives um, that we kind of visit throughout the week? Um, but really leaning into and finding that together, um, I'm really excited um, about doing that alongside you guys um, and not, like, figuring out and then, like, I have the proposal here. This is how we're going to do it. Um, but far more of, like, learning how, to, how we do that alongside one another. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm so excited I have this week and next week where I'm not preaching, which is such a nice, like, breather as we get settled in. But I'm, like, so excited to step in and begin, um, like, just preaching um, and, and teaching, um, doing what you guys, uh, like, and God has brought me down to, to be a part of, to use my gifts in that way. Um, and I'm really excited um, as I'm beginning to kind of start getting my head around where we're going to go. Cool. So let's get into that. Um, once we get through all the, you know, hoopla and all that with our birthday Sundays and all of that kind of stuff, you'll be back and you'll, you'll be entering into that regular rhythm starting on the 27th preaching. And the new series that we're going to be going through is First Peter. So why don't you give us sort of a, a preview, sort of a coming attraction of like, what's, what's the deal with, with In that? a world. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. For, I mean, First Peter is such an incredible, like, Oftentimes, when we think of like our favorite New Testament writings, everybody like goes to Romans or Corinthians, like Paul. And what's crazy is when you look back throughout church history, one of the most commentated, like like one of the books that everybody's always pulling from, and it seems like at a, at a crazy amount based on how small it is, is First Peter, um, specifically for uh, Christians that are in a period or in a country or in a time where there's not the big majority, kind of like Christian. Christendom kind of thing. Um, how do we navigate uh, being in, in the world like that? Um, and so I'm so excited to get into First Peter because uh, this letter is inviting us into a, an identity that shapes the way that we engage with culture. Whereas so many we can look so similar to culture that there's no Christian distinctiveness, or this like hyper distinctiveness where we like live out in the woods um, and we just like you know come out to go grocery shopping and then we go back into the woods. Um, that this like subculture of Christianity or like total enmeshment is like there's this interesting third way that Peter gives us, this way of the exile. Um, and so we're going to be looking at that, and I'm just so excited because um, it's like just awesome Bible geek fun stuff that actually speaks to us in 2019. Um, and that's one of the things that you're going to find out for me is just so insane is when we're reading something and we're like, and this speaks directly to where we are 2,000 years after it was written is just um, the Bible's crazy. Yeah. So I'm really excited to get into that with you guys. Well, we're looking forward to it as well. Um, we want to commission you now. Um, and uh, so I'm going to invite up Pastor Isaac. And maybe I'll have you guys step forward here. And this is, uh, this is, actually, you know, before we do that, as I invite up Isaac, can we take a second to, to sort of like skip real quick? Can we just, I, I just want to honor Isaac for a second, if I may. Yeah. 
Isaac is a pastor here, and he uh, went in all the craziness. Isaac has had to step up big time, and he's been filling uh, the pulpit uh, periodically while we haven't had uh, a teaching pastor. And he played an invaluable role in this whole process in sort of like working through this whole thing of like finding a new teaching pastor. And so um, I just want to honor uh, Isaac publicly and, and, and want you to know how much he loves you and how hard he's been working for you. And I want to remind you, he's not on staff with us. He's got a real job, all that kind of stuff. And he made tons of sacrifices, especially over the summer, serving you guys and serving our church community so that we could stand here today and celebrate the kinds of things that we're celebrating. So I want to honor this guy right here. Let's give him another one. Back to Ryan and Aaron. <laughs> so this is Ryan for us. This is an act of acknowledgement. And we are acknowledging that God has called you to serve Collective Church along with your family and to be a part of our church community and that God has given you guys gifts in accordance with that calling. And so today we unreservedly agree with God in commissioning you as a pastor here at Collective Church. And uh, we're going to be getting into First Peter, and that will be our next series, but I would like to, to read for you a passage of scripture from First Peter, which I think is very appropriate for today. And this is what it says, First Peter chapter 5, so I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown that is what we want to share with you today and have you take to heart as we step into this new season and as you guys step into this new season here. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for the ways that you lead your church and you take care of us. And Lord, we, we have been on a bit of a crazy journey, but you've been with us every step of the way. And now we're turning four and now we're appointing and commissioning a new teaching pastor. We've got so much to celebrate. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. And for Ryan and Aaron, um, as they are now um, Angelinos, and as they've moved to the city, to the west side here, and they participate in your work here alongside us and as part of our church community, we do pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that you would um, give them spiritual gifts that would empower and enable them to serve your people well, that they would conduct themselves in such a way that is reflective of the gospel and reflective of uh, your heart, God. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them when they are discouraged, that you would embolden them when they're feeling intimidated by the city or whatever else. I pray that you'd give them patience to endure when that becomes necessary. I pray for grace uh, and for favor within their neighborhood and in the people that they come in contact with. 
I pray um, even for um, Ryan and Aaron's relationship with our own church community, God, I just pray that they would just mesh so well. And uh, we, we pray that we would be able to quickly uh, just feel like we've known them for a thousand years. And Jesus, we, we trust that you have set up this time. We trust that you have done a work here. And Lord, we submit to you. We trust that you know what we know that you know what you're doing, and we love God what you are doing. We we take Aaron and Ryan as a gift from you. We thank you, Lord, for them and for bringing them to Los Angeles and to specifically uh, to Collective Church. Have your way in their life, Lord. Empower them and enable them, and 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 take them to the next level as far as the things that they're able to participate in and contribute to as members of this body of people. So Jesus, we just thank you so them and we celebrate what you have done and thank you for bringing them to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.